Welcome to the Root of Our Health podcast, a holistic health and wellness podcast for women over 40. I am your host, Elizabeth DiCristofano, a functional medicine health coach, and each week I will provide bite-sized tips, knowledge, and insights, along with experts and thought leaders, so we can all learn how to get to the root cause of our health as we dance into the second half of our lives. Please keep in mind, this podcast is for educational purpose only and should never be used as a replacement for any medical diagnosis or treatment. Thank you for joining me. Now let's dig in. Hello, ladies, and welcome back to another episode of The Root of Our Health. I have a great episode for you today, a topic that is both popular but also controversial, and that is intermittent fasting. But before I start, I wanted to let you ladies know that I have put together a free cheat sheet on how to reset your parasympathetic nervous system, which is your calming center of your brain. It is the holidays, and that means holiday stress. If you haven't listened to my previous episode on this topic, then please do so. However, I have created a one-pager that is handy to just whip out when you're at a holiday party and feel that stress coming on from your family. Or if you're at a store and the line is longer than a Trader Joe's line during COVID. Or if you're at home buying gifts online and all of a sudden the site crashes. Just pull out this handy one-pager that lists six ways to reset your parasympathetic nervous system and feel the stress melt away. Please go to the link I have provided in the show notes and sign up to receive this must-have cheat sheet that will save your holidays. Once you are signed up, you will be on my email list, but to only receive exclusive health and wellness information and stay up to date on this podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. This topic of intermittent fasting has been blowing up practically everywhere in the fitness community health and wellness community, keto community, and even in the women over 40 community. People either swear by it or think it's just another fat diet. But one thing is clear, it is not going anywhere anytime soon. And that is because it works. But first, one thing I want to preface and make very clear As in every new health change or diet, you must always discuss it with your doctor, preferably a functional medicine doctor first, before you incorporate this intermittent fasting and fasting in your life. Later, I will go into detail of who it is not for, as well as the many benefits it does carry, but this is all individualized, and what works for one person does not work for another. So please don't take this lightly and get clearance first with your doctor. So in case you are new to intermittent fasting, what it essentially is, is narrowing your eating window to say six, eight, or nine hours a day. For example, if you finished eating dinner at 6 p.m., then you will not have your next meal until 12 p.m., which is the 18-hour fast, or 10 a.m., which is the 16-hour fast, or 9 a.m., which is the 15-hour fast. 
You see, we have been conditioned for a long time that we must eat three meals and snack three times a day in order to keep our blood sugar going. And I have to tell you that cannot be farther from the truth. Intermittent fasting is a lifestyle approach that helps us get to autophagy quicker, meaning it helps clean out the damaged cells in order to regenerate newer and healthier cells. So it's essentially a reset. It also helps support our natural healthy state to use our ketones for fuel. Now, I will not get into keto diet in this episode, but normally, not always, keto and intermittent fasting are tied together, which is to support your mitochondria and protect against age-related degenerative diseases. But that is not where we're going in this episode. Now, research has shown that for women who are in peri to post-menopause and have fasted only 13 hours between dinner and breakfast, had a significantly lower hemoglobin A1c or blood sugar, as well as decreased risk of recurrent breast cancer. Now, this is huge. When you go on a timed eating schedule, which is also intermittent fasting, you are also empowering another hormone to level out and that is insulin and insulin sensitivity. This is able to control the amount of sugar or glucose in the blood. Intermittent fasting also helps with balancing the stress and cortisol levels, as well as help balance the sex hormones, which are testosterone, progesterone, and estrogen. And again, I did a a podcast episode about uh, hormones, so if you want to check it out, I think it's episode number four. But anyway, I digress. (laughs) Overall, it resets the adrenals and reduces inflammation in the body. Now, some of the other benefits that, uh, not really specifically for women over 40, but are weight loss, increase in energy, and increase in cognition and brain power. Now, don't we all want that? (laughs) So with all of these benefits, you may be asking, well, how do I start? First, know that fasting affects the hormones. As mentioned, when we are fasting for a longer period of time, our glucose levels are nice and low, and typically cortisol levels will be stable as we are in a state of rebuilding. However, a longer extended fast will have an increase in cortisol. And so for this, we have to be very, very careful. The best way to start is to start slow. So start with either the 13-hour fast or the 14-hour fast and work your way up, gradually increasing the fasting time until you find that sweet spot. For this, it is good to keep a daily tracker to log in what is working and, of course, what is not working. So those who are in peri to postmenopause need that extra support for their adrenal glands. And this includes incorporating adaptogens. Now, I have talked about adaptogens in a previous episode and also in a blog post, but it is the supplement that is in my must-haves after I found out I had adrenal fatigue and that my adrenals were not working properly. Another way to support the adrenals is to get a good night's sleep. Now, yes, I cannot shout this out loud enough, I know from experience that when I do not get a good enough sleep, that my cortisol levels and blood pressure are high. And seriously, I cannot focus or make good decisions with lack of sleep. 
and you definitely don't want to get on my bad side. <laughs> For the most part, I do get sufficient amount of good sleep. Now, there's a difference between amount of good sleep and amount of sleep. So if you get seven to eight hours like I do, it's it has to be good sleep, meaning in REM sleep. And this is due to having an evening ritual, which I do most of every night. I avoid the TV or my phone at least 30 to 45 minutes before bed. And once I get into bed, I read for probably about 10 to 15 minutes, depending on if I'm tired enough or not. I also take a magnesium before bed. And I hear melatonin works as well, but magnesium um, helps the nervous system. Another thing to do is to stop drinking liquids after dinner. Now, it's hard to do if you're taking the magnesium before bed, but try. <laughs> not only will you not wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, which interrupts your circadian rhythm, but we also want to finish digesting our last meal completely, not dilute our digestive enzymes in order to let our body repair overnight. This ensures a complete overnight detox. Caffeine and coffee can definitely hinder the adrenal glands. Now, I know this firsthand. I was up to two to three cups of dark roast coffee a day. And then when I was put on a detox diet and eliminated the caffeine, specifically from coffee, I could not believe how much it helped. I thought, you know, I only drank two cups a day. I'm fine. But deep down, I knew something was wrong when I started to depend on the coffee for my energy. Currently, I get my caffeine only from green tea and use mushroom powder, specifically chaga and lion's mane, for energy and cognition before my workouts. But I also incorporate a decaf coffee every day, one cup, with MCT oil and butter. Now, one funny thing I have to say here. I used to be that coffee person who thinks, oh my goodness, why drink decaf? It's a waste of coffee. You need the caffeine. This was because I was so dependent on caffeine. Now, here we are. <laughs> if you do have a cup of coffee and it does not affect you, just please make sure to stop drinking at around 2 or 3 p.m. This is so it can digest fully and be eliminated from your system by the time you go to bed. Now, having a good evening ritual is great. But having a good morning ritual is even better. This sets you up for not only a successful fasting period, but also a successful start to your day. A morning meditation and or prayer helps, as well as journaling. You can journal both morning and night. And then morning journaling would be to write down your dreams if you remember them, but also the intentions for the day. And maybe a couple things that you are grateful for. A good workout in the morning also helps. I currently do fasted morning workouts every day. The only thing I have is green tea and the mushroom powder, which I had mentioned previously. So when breaking the fast, it is important to listen to your body. If you are feeling hungry, truly hungry, and it's been only 14 hours, then please break the fast and eat or drink your first meal. If you can go longer than normal and don't feel hungry, then go longer. Just make sure to tap into your body's intuition to determine that timing. 
Now, what to eat or drink will be up to what will not spike your blood sugar if you want to continue in the fasting state. For example, many have said that it is okay to drink coffee while fasting. But as I mentioned, coffee and caffeine spikes the blood sugar and can do more harm than good. So try it out. Try it with water one week or tea another week or even detox water another week. Detox water is including apple cider vinegar. Try to see what will not spike your blood sugar. And a good way to check this is to get a blood sugar monitor. I know that they have some really good ones out there that are effective. Also note, and this I cannot stress enough, <laughs> just because you are fasting does not mean you can eat junk more in a tinier window. So wake up for breakfast, have McDonald's, go to lunch at KFC, and have dinner at, I don't know, Dairy Queen does not help. <laughs> It is the quality of food that you eat that will make you more satiated and also successful at this. So now the types of fasting can be, you know, every day, every other day, one full day of fast, and even up to three days of fasting. Again, start slow, work your way up. You may not even get to three days. Heck, I can't even do a full day of fast, and I currently do the 16 and 18 hour every day. That works fine for me. Again, after you talk it over with your doctor, do some trial and error to test out what works for you and your schedule. And by schedule, I mean it is not always convenient if you have a job that has set times of eating or if you have meetings. So just be flexible and eat when you're hungry even if it means having some nuts in the meeting. Now, when it comes to snacking, don't graze. Plan your snack outs if you have to, but don't keep reaching for the nuts or any snacks throughout the day. Snacking throughout the day will ensure that you'll eat more than needed, and truthfully, your meals should leave you full, and with the time eating, you will get full faster. So now, who should not do intermittent fasting? Well, definitely not if you have adrenal fatigue. I told my doctor when I first saw him how I was doing intermittent fasting and he advised against it as I had low blood sugar. The body needs stable enough adrenal function to safely engage in intermittent fasting. Longer periods of time without eating plummets that blood sugar level and that is the exact opposite of what I needed. So make sure your blood sugar is stable and your adrenals are working properly. Now, it is also dangerous for those with diabetes as well as people who take medications for blood pressure or heart disease. And again, I cannot say this or stress this enough. Please make sure you check it out with your professional, like your functional medicine doctor, to check for any underlying issues. And if you are okay, then start experimenting. And just see what works best for you and start experiencing the many benefits intermittent fasting has. Well, thank you for listening and hope you took away some really good nuggets of this controversial, popular topic, if you will. If this resonated with you, I ask that you share this episode with a friend and or family member who you think needs to hear this. 
Please share it on Facebook and Insta stories and tag me, letting me know your one takeaway. As always, if you like what you hear and want to keep up to date on the new episodes, please subscribe to this podcast. Also, please leave a rating as that is how I'll be able to continue to get this message out to you ladies. Now, wishing you all good health. And until next time, don't forget, you are worth it.